Ben Kentish on LBC. With Enterprise, great rates on weekend escapes. 10 to 6 on a Friday evening, you know what time that means, don't you? Time indeed for Simon Marks and his American Week. Ben, this edition of American Week is coming to you today from the unlikely setting of New Delhi. I'm here for a few days soaking up the preparations for the G20 summit that will see Rishi Sunak rubbing shoulders with President Biden and other world leaders in September. The event is seven weeks away, but there are signs of preparations all over the Indian capital. Signage going up, construction hastily being finished and roads undergoing repair. India is confident going into the meeting. Its economic growth has surpassed China's. By some measures, its population is now larger than China's too. But while the government of India wants the summit to focus on boosting jobs, confronting climate change and embracing equitable and sustainable growth, events a world away may end up overshadowing things. Russia is vowing to get revenge after Ukrainian forces again attacked a vital bridge connecting Russia to Crimea. The U.S., meanwhile, is blasting Russia for pulling out of a grain deal with Ukraine today, which could impact global food prices. Nora O'Donnell of CBS neatly encapsulating Vladimir Putin's decision to withdraw from the deal that has allowed Ukraine's grain to reach global markets after he claims Ukraine blew up the bridge that connects Russian-occupied Crimea with the rest of the country. Stop playing hunger games with the people around the world. Ukraine's foreign minister Dmitry Kuleba in New York and in the CBS studio. Russia is using hunger as an instrument to blackmail the world pursuing its own commercial interests. Here in Delhi, the government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, fearing shortages of sunflower oil from Ukraine, urged Russia to return to compliance with the deal. And back in Washington... The bottom line is it's unconscionable. So did Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The result of Russia's action today, weaponizing food, using it as a tool, as a weapon in its war against Ukraine, uh, will be to make uh, food harder to come by in places that desperately need it and have prices rise. We're already seeing uh, the market uh, react to, to this as prices are, are going up. While the rest of the world is worried about famines in many underdeveloped nations, back in the leading global economy, this was another familiar week of more bad news for Donald Trump. Former President Trump bracing for what he predicts will be an indictment and arrest after being told by the special counsel he is the target again of a federal criminal investigation. It sounds like they've assembled evidence about uh, tactics that the former president used to try to hold on to power. Sources tell ABC News that Trump never expected to be prosecuted for any of this. If that's true, then he must either be in total denial or living on another planet. Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, who has already made history by bringing federal criminal charges against Trump over the former president's alleged mishandling of classified documents, is now throwing the book at him over January the 6th. The uprising two years ago on Capitol Hill by Trump's violent mob that sought to prevent the certification of Joe Biden's election victory. It's more woeful legal news for the former president, who will become the first ever sitting or former occupant of the Oval Office to face two sets of federal criminal charges. And yet, Republicans are still scared to break with him. You know, I lived through that day on January 6th. I've spoken and written extensively 
about it. Former Vice President Mike Pence once again twisting himself up into a pretzel to avoid offending supporters of his former boss. Trump remains streaks ahead of Pence and all his other rivals in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination. History will hold him to account uh, for his actions that day. But with regard to the prospect of an indictment, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I'm not convinced that uh, the president acting on the bad advice of of a group of crank lawyers uh, that came into the White House in the days before January 6th is actually criminal. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whose efforts to stop Trump from securing another chance to lead the Republican Party into next year's election, was also threading the needle this week, aware that his own campaign is now running short of both impetus and cash. This country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences. And so what I've said as president, my job is to restore a single standard of justice. We're going to have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, We're going to have big changes at the Department of Justice. Except the polls show he's never going to make it to day one in the White House to get that chance. Just in case you're wondering, a fresh indictment of Donald Trump does not derail his ability to seek the presidency, nor even to serve as president in the event that he's convicted. He might, just might, even be able to pardon himself of any federal convictions. While his supporters in Congress, like Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Troy Neals of Texas, fulminate... This is the only way that the Democrats have to beat President Trump is to arrest him, smear him, charge him with ridiculous charges. He's coming back and he's going to win. At least one prominent Democrat continues to sound the alarm bell over the prospect of that actually happening. Our democratic institutions are creaky and we're going to have to reform them. It's less than ideal. Nervous laughter there from former President Barack Obama, who used to insist the common sense of the American voter would stop Donald Trump from winning power, until it didn't. And listen carefully here, because he picks his words on CNN very deliberately. More broadly, we've seen a strand of anti-democratic sentiment. It's something that is, right now, most prominent in the the Republican Party, but I don't think it's... um, Uh, something that uh, is unique to one party. I think there is a a less tolerance for ideas that don't um, suit us. Barack Obama there basically warning that across the spectrum, America's political discourse has run completely off track. I could go on, but just as I was writing that sentence came news of the death of an American icon. There's a song in my It was 1951, more than 70 years ago, when Tony Bennett burst onto the scene with that classic, Because of You. He would go on to win 17 Grammys, become a dominant performer of the great American songbook, and by the end of his career become the oldest artist ever to have an album at number one when he was 88. Well, I was blessed to, under the GI Bill of Rights when I came out of the service in, in, in the, the war. Uh, I, I joined the American Theatre Wing, and it was a great choice that, uh, that they allowed us to continue school that we missed during the war. The main thing that I learned from them was to always stay with quality, never compromise. You know, don't just try and 
get a hit record. Let's do something that's going to last. Because of that experience that he related there in a 2015 interview on PBS, Tony Bennett believed in the vital need to capture the imagination of the young. And that's why in later years he partnered first with Amy Winehouse and then with Lady Gaga in duets that introduced him to an entirely new generation of fans. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And the cares that hung around me through the week seem to vanish like a gambler's lucky streak. When we're out together, dancing cheek to cheek. I will never retire. You'll it's, never retire? No. I'm just starting to learn now. Alzheimer's disease, though, ultimately led to his retirement, but even after it developed, he was still able to perform for a while. Tony Bennett, here with Lady Gaga, died today in New York City, Ben, at the age of 96. Heaven. Heaven. Yes, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek. When we're out together, dancing cheek to cheek. Go. Simon Marks there as ever with his American Week.